Hey guys, welcome back to the Gains for Girls podcast. I am so, so excited for our guest today because not only is he a politician fighting tooth and nail for girls and women in sports, especially in a hostile environment where, where that is not overly welcomed, he's also a seasoned athlete and a coach in the SEC. Um, most impressive thing on his resume is beating University of Tennessee. Sorry, Clay. Here is my interview with Senator and Coach Tommy Tuberville. Well, Coach Tuberville, let me just say, even being a Kentucky Wildcat, how excited I am to have you on and to kind of pick your brain. Um, and I think we can both agree, at least at least neither of us cheer for that orange school in the state of Tennessee. Well, you know, we all now that I'm a politician, so to speak, uh, I've uh, I've got to kind of pull for everybody. But, uh, you know, Auburn is deep down in my heart. There you go. There you go. Well, well, speaking of that, um, both being SEC athletes, your your resume outside of just politics is incredibly accomplished. Um, the SEC schools you've coached at, all of your your incredible coaching achievements. I guess my first question is what ultimately led you to leave all of that behind and run for Senate? Well, great question. My uh my career was I couldn't have had a better career. I traveled not not a whole lot as a coach. Normally you travel more than I did. I, I was fortunate I stayed at some places a long time, Miami, Texas A&M, Ole Miss, Auburn, Texas Tech, and Cincinnati. But after uh, I got to a certain point, I, I told my wife, you know, it's about time I move on, you know, let some of these younger guys move up. And I was going to retire. I did ESPN for a few years. And then, uh, but that doesn't last long. It just lasts a few weeks. And I was sitting on my couch one morning drinking coffee and my wife walked by and said, you know, you hadn't around here for 35 years. This is my house. You need to find you a job. <laughs> and so, and so uh, uh, a few days later, I, I came to her and said, uh, I'm going to run for U.S. Senate. And she goes, what? And uh, so I did for two years, probably two years, I went all over the state of Alabama campaigns, hardest thing I've ever done. And we won very easily over a United States senator, a a uh, congressman, uh, uh, an attorney general, United States attorney general. And, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just a coach. I'm a person that's had a job for a long time, but I wanted to help. And the one thing I did see now and uh, that really motivated me was that I saw the direction of our education, especially our secondary education, high schools, as you know, coaches go to high schools all over the country. I've been in all 50 States, been high schools everywhere, talking to parents, talking to, to students, uh, counselors, principals, and I saw the last 15 years the direction that our education system has gone, and it's not good, and uh, we better get control of that because that's the strength of our country, education, and giving young people like y'all opportunities for success. No doubt about that. Um, so I guess, I guess in your wildest dreams, did you think that you would you be elected to the great, to be a senator of the great state of Alabama, get to D.C., and then ultimately, which this falls in line with the education because we're fighting Title IX. Did you think you would ever be in the position that you're in having to fight against biological men taking over women's sports? It's unbelievable. It really is. And and, and who better than a coach uh, that's a senator? And by the way, there's 99 senators and one coach. They all call me coach. Uh, but I've been on the floor time and time again. I wasn't here for two weeks. I'd stood up on the floor and uh, with an amendment uh, to a bill to say, listen, we cannot allow biological 
boys or men to play again in women's sports. We cannot allow that. And, you know, I lost that on the floor. Not one Democrat voted uh, for the bill. Uh, actually, we had one Republican that voted against me. And I, all I needed was 51 votes. Uh, but it, it didn't pass. And ever since then, Riley, we have been fighting it tooth and nail. Because I really, I'm probably the only one up here that understands. And you've got people on the Democratic side. I ask them, I said, don't you have a daughter? Don't you have granddaughters? I mean, uh, uh, do you actually want them dressing in dressing room with men or boys taking showers? competing against them. I mean, it does not make sense. It's the craziest thing I've ever, I never thought I'd be involved in this. So it's just, uh, I know what you're going through worse than what I'm going because you're a female and you've had to do this. I mean, you've seen it up close and personal and I've been following you and I've been, I've been right behind you just pounding, you know, what we need to be pounding uh, to the people and trying to get it in their heads. This is not fair. Well, I know you have, and, and coming from me, again, a female athlete, I couldn't be more grateful for your leadership, truly. Um, you, you've shown that you do know how to coach. You're right, and you're, you're coaching these people on doing the right thing. And we saw the same bill introduced on the House side by Representative Subi, um, the Protection of Women and Girls in Sports Act. And you know, Coach Tuberville, it blew my mind that this fell entirely on party lines, entirely. All Democrats, all 203 of them, every single one voted in opposition of protecting women and girls and, and sports, protecting women and girls in general, because this is bigger than sports. It's in regards to our locker room and our safety and our and our sports. And you're right. These are parents. These are moms and dads with daughters, yet they're choosing to 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 throw all of that out of the window, their moral compass entirely out of the window to what I believe to virtue signal. Um I, and I was shocked. Well, I, I actually wasn't shocked um, by the response you had from the Senate. And that leads me to um, just a few weeks ago, I sat in front of the Senate at the Senate Judiciary hearing. Um, Senator Dick Durbin was there, Senator Booker, um, a lot of, of course, strong, influential people, even Marsha Blackburn from my home state of Tennessee. She was there. Um the comments and the conversations surrounding this topic is they'll say it's hateful. They will say, they will label you all of those things. They will say this is an anti-trans bill that, that bans trans athletes from competing. And I'll be the first to say, and I know you can attest to this, no one is banning anyone from competing. And so my question to you is what is your response when they do the name calling, um, when they want to to cancel you for saying women and girls should be protected in their sports? Well, they really don't have an argument, right? They they, they don't whatsoever. You know, uh, here's what happens up here in Washington, D.C. You've got the Democrats that really don't have an agenda. Uh, they run on identity politics and they have to get different groups to vote for them because they have no policies. You can see the direction our country is going right now. Uh, in terms of our economy, our borders, crime, education, foreign relation, they have no policies. They don't believe in anything. But if they can find one group that they can identify and jump on their side, they feel like they're going to get votes from them. Uh, they don't believe in this. There's not, you can't tell me that some of these ladies or some of these men that have kids and grandkids actually believe this. It is, it's criminal uh, that they would vote pol politically you know, against this when they know dang right it uh, that is it's wrong. We sh they should not be doing it, but they do it for power. They do it for elections, and uh, that's the sad part about uh, Washington D.C. Everything is usually down party lines, but at least 
uh, the Republicans up here, we have an agenda. We have a philosophy that we follow or we try to follow. And we don't work for identity politics. We're for all Americans. We're for everybody, but we're for fairness. And that's what this is. That's, that, that's the reason that really makes me mad that this whole thing about biological boys playing against women and girls in the smaller, smaller uh, ages, it, it's, first of all, it's not fair. The second thing, it is unsafe. It is yeah. unsafe. I've seen I've seen volleyballs hitting girls in the head from these bigger kids hitting it harder and and, and you know you can't react in time. And then it's just downright wrong. It, it is run. And let me tell you, we go back to what we talked about earlier. Fifty-one years of Title IX. I was a women. I was a girls' basketball coach in my first job back when I was coaching high school. And Title IX came in, and uh, I've never seen anything so successful. And that's one thing up here that's actually worked in the federal government. They got it right. They made it a level playing field for girls as to guys. And the sport of women's athletics just exploded, exploded. And uh, now the same people that were for it are voting against it. They're trying to tear down Title IX. They're trying to tear down women's sports. And if we don't watch it, if we don't watch it, it's really going to affect the future. Because if I had a daughter, I wouldn't let her play against it. You know, if she's going to have to compete against males, not, you're not doing it. Either I'd move or take her out and put her somewhere else. It is not right. No, you're entirely right. And and the the approach from the Biden administration, even, I mean, even the press secretary a few days ago when a reporter asked her the question, the, a, a very legitimate question about the concern of, of safety, as you mentioned, um, this reporter, he said, you know, well, what do you have to, to say to girls in, in regards to their safety when competing against a man? And the press secretary looked at him literally and said, well, that's assuming that trans kids are dangerous. Therefore, you're transphobic. That is her line of reasoning. He was asking a, a question with a legitimate concern, and she totally dismissed it and, and labeled him as transphobic. And that that's the message that they're sending to young girls and women. It's that we don't matter. It's that our safety and our privacy and our fairness and our dignity and all of that, I mean, I could, the list goes on, our self-perception, our mental health, none of that matters. Um, what matters to the Biden administration, what what seems, and again, this shouldn't be a political issue, but it's, of course, it's inevitable in the way it's become one. And what matters to the left is protecting the minority. Um, and I will say, your home state of Alabama, I was incredibly surprised because there were 17 Democrats who voted in favor of protecting women and girls in sports. This is by far the most we've seen out of any state um, actually, I think there were more who voted present who didn't vote no. Um, so that's that's huge news, and that's in, in your great state of Alabama. Um, but just a few weeks ago, I came by your office when I was in D.C. It was actually when I was there for the Senate Judiciary hearing. And I came in your office with a young girl by the name of Kylie Alons, and she swam for NC State. Growing up, she was one of my idols. Uh, she's an incredibly decorated, accomplished swimmer. She's the most decorated swimmer in NC State history. Um, a 31-time All-American, a five-time ACC champion. Um, do you remember the story she told you in regards to the locker room? Um, could you briefly kind of just an overall synopsis of what that looked like for her at that same NCAA, NCAA championships where I competed against Leah Thomas? Oh, yeah, I can remember, you know, the, talking about the dressing room and how both of you were surprised. And she she actually uh, said she dressed in a, what was it, an electric room uh, where there was uh, fuse boxes and things like that. 
she was not going to dress in front of this uh, uh, this guy or girl. It wasn't going to happen. And uh, I felt sorry for her. I mean, it, it, you don't you don't go through things like that in life. Life's hard enough. You know, sports is hard enough. You know, you practice the dedication, all the things you put into it. And then you get to a situation where you're, you have an opportunity to compete. And then all of it's destroyed by a distraction that should never even have the possibility of being there. And so, yeah, we, as you and I sat there and listened to her, it's just, it's just sad to, to see what, you know, the girls and women are having to go through right now, just because of politics, just because of identity politics and because of racism. I mean, it, it, they always fall back on that. Uh, Absolutely. That's their go-to word. That is their go-to word. They have nothing else to fall back on. And it's just a, it's a shame that uh, people across the country vote for that because we all, you and I both, we're looking for fairness. Just compete. I mean, that's what made this country great. Just make yourself better and compete and try to be the best. And uh, the way that our country is going right now with the Democrats in charge, that's not what we're having the opportunity to do. Right. Do you see this, this, this bill you put forward this past year, this past cycle, is this something that you'll take on in the next cycle? Is this something you're going to continue pursuing and fighting for? Oh, there's no doubt. We're going to, we're going to keep fighting for it. We're going to keep talking about it on the floor. We talk about it in, in some of our caucus meetings. Uh, but the, you know, the thing about it is we know on the other side, they've already made their mind. They're set in stone because they know that they want that vote. They want that vote from the, from the from identity political groups that they're forming all over the country, uh, and it's just they're they're pushing that agenda so hard. I don't understand where the where the the women are that that should be standing up. There should be women group women groups out there that should be right there beside us, you know, and and Please. carrying signs and saying what is going on here. Support That's our young girls and women. It begs the question of where are the feminists, right? Where are the trailblazers for women's sports, such as Megan Rapino, right? I mean, while I, I virtually agree with her on nothing, we can't. I can't acknowledge and admit how she was someone who fought for women in sports. She fought for equal pay. She fought for equal access and equal resources and all of those things, especially when it came to the U.S. women's national soccer team in comparison to the men's. But now... She's undermined her fight entirely. And we're seeing the same thing, Coach Tuberville, with Billie Jean King. She's someone we have to accredit Title IX to, really. I'm sure you can remember, not to age you, I'm sorry if I'm if I'm aging you here, but I'm sure you can remember that tennis match. Um, oh, I can, I can remember, uh, you know, the the fight, you know, for Title IX. I exactly can remember it, how, how, it, how so important it was to give uh, young women uh, and young girls, the same opportunity to have that opportunity when they got older to learn, to compete, to learn time restraints, to learn organization, work ethic, work with other people, uh, understand that you might not be the best all the time. And when you get, get kicked down and, and you don't win, that you don't stop, you get up and go again and you work harder. That's what this country gives you. Uh, yes. But what they're saying is, no, you don't have a chance. Uh, we're going to let young men or young boys participate against you. And it's just not fair. I mean, and they know that, but again, the, the politicians, all they want is a vote. vote. They could well, care know, less who they hurt. You know, what's crazy about that is, is the overwhelming majority of people, not even just Republicans, the overwhelming majority of the general public acknowledges how this is lunacy. 
So they're, they're doing this for the vote, but this isn't how the constituents feel. This is a hill a lot of people, especially a lot of women, parents, grandparents, this is a hill people are willing to die on. And I, and I had one of those lifelong liberals a few weeks ago, she, this lady, she told me, and it's really stuck with me because I think it's so powerful. She said to me, Riley, how can these people leading our country defend what they can't define? And I loved that because it's so true. Um, we have a even a sitting Supreme Court justice who can't define what a woman is because they claim they're not a biologist. Okay, well, guess what? I'm not a vet, but I know what a dog is. Um, and it's just hilarious, right? It's almost comical. It's it's as if it's like a Babylon Bee. It's hard to distinguish between satire and reality sometimes. And it's it's unfortunate because we, we're living it. Um, but anyways, Coach Tuberville, I applaud you and your efforts for what you're doing for Title IX, what you're doing for female athletes, and, and ultimately what you're doing for women. Because as I mentioned, this is a lot a lot broader here than just women's sports. This is the war on women. And you're seizing the opportunity to, to fight for us and protect us and our sex-based protections, like our privacy and our safety. And so I couldn't be more grateful. And I know I'm a megaphone for so many and in, in telling you that. Um, but really quickly, while I have you, and, and again, both of our backgrounds being in sports, I wanted to hear about your efforts and in, in what you're thinking for NIL. Um, I know this is something that you're passionate about and, and ensuring fair competition, and all of those educational opportunities um, and making sure that's not eroded by athletic compensation. Um, so would you mind touching on what those NIL efforts look like? Yeah, of course, you know, I lived it for a long time and I've seen uh, college sports change and go through certain stages, but we're in a stage right now with this NIL where we're on the verge of, of, of going bankrupt, to be honest with you. Now, there's a few schools that can can really hold up to what what's going on right now with all the money that's going to players and athletes. And listen, I'll be the first one to tell you, I know how hard it is. You know how hard it is to be an athlete and also go to school at the same time. I used to tell players, I said, listen, uh, I know how hard it is. It's the only time in your life you'll have two full-time jobs. Uh, you're not like regular students. Whenever regular students go and drink a beer at the, at the pub or or, or walk around campus or playing tennis, you're working out or going to tutors, you're doing things that you need to be doing. And so you can't get a part-time job. And so I'm for athletes making some money. And uh, I started talking to coaches last year uh, across the country about this. And Joe Manchin and I got together, Joe Manchin from West Virginia is a Democrat. And, and we said, we got to help. We got to do something from the federal standpoint. Uh, now, we don't want to do a whole lot, but we do want to make uh, a law. It's not a rule now. This is going to be a law that we're going to try to pass. And it's about five basic things. And we want to make sure that all 50 states do the same thing. Here's what you got going on right now. You have some states that will allow schools to go in and recruit an 11th grader. Say it's a swimmer, 11th grade, grade swimmer. You say, listen, if you'll commit to us, we'll start paying you $100,000 a year immediately before you even get to the school. Now, that's not what the NIO is about. The Supreme Court said you can make money off your name, image, and likeness. When you get to a university, that's what they meant, not, not be able to be recruited by money. So we, we've got to stop this. And what's going to happen, all the money is going to go into paying players. But again, I'm for players making money. Uh, I'm, I'm so for that. I'm for every player, all men and women. There's probably 500 athletes on every Division I campus. We've got to give them the opportunity. But you also got to remember, 
You have to have facilities. And if you people start, all this money starts going to athletes, what's going to happen is there's no money going into the Olympic sports. There's no money going into some of the women's sports. You're going to see sports drop because there's only going to be the ones that really bring in the, the revenue. And so uh, we'll, we'll drop the bill next week. You'll see a press conference probably around Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, we'll put it out there. Joe and I will talk about it and we'll start selling it to uh, in the Senate and then try to get it to the House and see what happens. Well, I can't wait to see what that looks like. Um, I will be following along. I know at University of Kentucky, our basketball players, our men's basketball players are treated like celebrities, huh? And this was, this was before they lost to the Peacocks or whoever they lost to at our NCAA championships a few years ago. Um, <laughs> but I couldn't be more grateful for your time, Senator Tuberville. Um, we started, we were a few minutes late starting this podcast because you had to run off and vote and I'm sure you're about to have to do the exact same thing. And so I just wanted to thank you for your time. Well, thank and you for what you're doing. Thank you for your fight for yeah. women. Thank you. And congratulations on your show, but th thank you for what you're doing. We've got to stay out there after this because that's what they want us to do. They want us to forget it. The Democrats will think, Hey, they'll forget about it. They'll move on. Uh, if we'll just keep pushing against them, uh, they'll give up. They're messing around with a, a coach and an athlete here, and we don't quit. Uh, we just get that much stronger, you and I. So we're going to push this hard. We're going to get this done because it's the right thing to do. And so hopefully hopefully in the very near future, we get something done to help and protect women's sports. No doubt. And I'm proud to stand alongside you. Coach Tuberville is exactly right. It's time we do the right thing. Um, I could not be more proud to stand alongside him in this fight, and I couldn't be more grateful for his appearance on the Gains for Girls podcast. Um, don't forget to check us out at outkick.com or wherever you stream your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, any of those places. We have new episodes every single Wednesday, and so I look forward to seeing you guys next Wednesday. <laughs>